The late bloomers tend to have more curiosity. They tend to have more resilience. There are stories and mythology that this country has woven around black men. What if everything we've been taught is just all wrong? What's worth more than this fear right now? And that rising after failure is part of the glory of being a human being. Listen to deeply personal, insightful, and thought-provoking stories from the world's leading thinkers and doers. Listen and subscribe to The Unmistakable Creative wherever you get your podcasts. Hit it, sister. Welcome to this week's episode of Homo Sapiens, ladies and gentlemen. Homo Sapiens coming at ya. What's my name? Chris Sweeney. What's your name? William Young. This is Homo Sapiens. Welcome. Guess who texted me? Who? Richard Stannard, otherwise known as Biff, who wrote... One of the where well, he wrote all the Spice Girls songs with them and someone else called Julian. He was beside himself that we sang. Oh, of course, Spice Girls. Was he? Yeah. Tell you what I want, what I really, really want. Tell you what I want, really, really, really want. I want a hope, I want a hope, I want a more. I really, really, really want a Homo Sapiens. And it just made me laugh. It tickled me because I thought, you know, I think like the person that wrote Spice Girls, it's been played probably everywhere. And I was like, and he was chuffed that it was played on Homo Sapiens. It must be so weird that he wrote that song because that's a bit like writing the national anthem. Yeah. How did he, what was his background? Because he was obviously coming from a slightly different pop angle. Do you want to know his background? Yeah. He's 17. Been around the world. Isn't that? There's no place like. Stop it! Stop it! Sorry about that. Who are our guests this week? Our guests are Kate and Helen Richardson-Walsh, yes. who are a married hockey-playing couple who won at the Olympics. They won gold. That's the golden goal! Great Britain have won the Olympic gold medal! The history makers! We were at the Beijing Olympics, and that's when it kind of all came out publicly. And one of the girls came in at the end and said, she literally just stormed in the room. She's like, are you two together? We're like, yeah. Just walk straight back out again. It's like the best thing she could have done because it's like, okay, great. Now it's out there. I don't know if they realise how, what they represent. You know what I mean? I just think, how cool is that to have a gay couple who are in the women's gold medal winning hockey team? I just think that's very progressive. I know we use that word a lot. When we got married and we changed our name, we double borrowed our names, mm. people were like, have you done it to make a statement? And it's like, <laughs> um, it no. We do get asked all the time, oh, what's it like playing with your sister? <laughs> I really like them. Mm. There's also something about Olympians. They're slightly yeah. untouchable. They it's are. a bit like they've been touched by God. Coming up is our conversation with Kate and Helen Richardson-Walsh. They didn't bring their gold medals. No, they didn't. Do you think people can sell their gold medals? I think you can. Because you know I want to sell my Brits. Yes. For charity. Um, (laughs) I think people must sell their gold medals. What do you want for your Brits? Well, Paul from S Club sold his, and I think he got like 65 grand. I know, I'm quite amazed by that. Yeah, but I guess like if you're a big fan, then you're going to do it. So are you really going to sell yours? I don't need them. Are you going to put them... On eBay? Yeah. Mm. Me posed naked with them between my crutch. Um, 15 quid a pop. (laughs) Listen, if it gets (laughs) me another extra five. No, because it's part of my simplifying my life, looking at things. Okay, I'm looking at the picture behind you, Mm -hmm. which is of some sort of duck crane. 
And I get more pleasure looking at that than I do at my Brits. Mm -hmm. So why do I need the Brits? And it might bring joy to someone else's life and it will raise money and bring, save all these animals' lives. (laughs) Who you're going to give the money to? Yes. Um, No, I'm going to. Soy dog charity. So you're going to save loads of dogs and get rid of your Brits. Brilliant. They don't bring masses to my life. They did at the time. They don't anymore. Where are they now? They're in my bedroom. Hmm. Yeah. But I don't think I look at them and go, oh, wow. I look at the sort of 1930s clown books that I got on Catawiki and go, oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's nourishing. Do you know where I drove past on the way here? The Royal Vauxhall Tavern. The Royal Vauxhall Tavern. It's an institution. And then they tried to knock it down like lots of other places. Someone saved it, I think. So now, and it's the, the venue for many things. Lots of drag nights, but a really fun night called Ducky, which was my introduction to going out in gay London, actually. <clears throat> but after I drove past the Vauxhall Tavern, I then drove past Fire, which is that gay nightclub, I suppose, that goes all night. Quite heavy. And there's a smoking area at the back where everyone hangs out. And when it's like a funny time of day, when most people are not clubbing, I always want to like look in and be like, oh my God. And there was a guy pulling up in a Deliveroo bike. Oh As if someone had ordered a Deliveroo to the smoking area. Why not? Modern times. Why not? Fire is a place which I lost some of my life to. Me too. Yeah. It was the closest I've ever had to an immersive experience of like being in a documentary. <laughs> I was like, this is happening right before my eyes. Um, are you doing a show? I most certainly am, Chris. Oh, I, do you know what? I just wish you'd tell me some of these things. I know. It's called Strictly Boreham okay. and uh, we've been running for 10 days now. Are tickets available though? Yes, they are. Um, we're still in previews. Pre- just standing ovations, people. Pre- we've been getting standing ovations, but that is because at the end of the show, I shout at them to get up and run <laughs> into the audience. And this yes. week, someone tried to hug me, but in hug slash grapple attack me was it your brother i am no i employed unless he was in drag i employed employed a martial art did you yeah i just used her body movement slipped under her arm and my right arm under her right arm and gently moved her to the side body slam and then quack with the face into the chair um no refund yeah it was and then there was another guy who didn't look very happy and i was like Oh, you don't look very happy, sir. Did you enjoy it? I think they turned my mic off. And he went, no, I didn't enjoy it. And I said, are you being serious? He went, no. I said, why didn't you leave after the first half, you dickhead? (laughs) But true. I mean, don't put yourself through hell. And what did he say? Uh, He didn't reply. Oh, I went to Lily White's. I went a big sporting shop I used to go to when I was 18. Love Lily First opened. I marched in there and I just said to the guy, I need some running shoes. I need them now. Size nine and a half. Thank He's like, you. where are you running to? Yeah, I said, what have you, how, how long have you got, mate? Um, and then he Take said... Take a seat. Uh, mate, I've never said that before. And then I went for a run Ooh. with delightful Robin, not my dad, uh, oh. who's in the show. And we went for a run in between the shows because there's two on a Saturday. Oh, that's nice. And it was lovely. I ran between tourists, scattering tourists, left, right and centre. <laughs> Get the fuck out of my way. Um, Excuse me, do you know where the man is? You're on it, you dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't know it was the Queen. <laughs> She's lost again. She's getting old. <laughs> She's getting old. She doesn't know where she is. you know where my house is? That way, love. That way. I once went to see a physiotherapist. And he was a really nice guy. He was a little bit unusual, let's say. And was this a date? No, no, no. Oh. I went to like that place. And he was like, one of the things you've got, the reason you've got problems with your legs is because you aren't running properly. So we'll go out for a run. And Sweet. 
It was sweet, except he took me on this run through central London and was so like, he kept like stopping and doing like really loud, like, okay, so down and huddle, 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 woo, doing all like these really loud, like arms all over the place in the middle of the London street. And was like, now your turn. And I was like, I, I can't do this. No, why would you want to? You're it running. was really embarrassing. He was a really nice guy though. And he used to do this thing. Once a month, all his friends had to meet on a Sunday morning and you had to go and do something that no one had ever done before and you didn't know what it was until you got there. It's quite a cool idea. Isn't what, it? someone picks it? Yeah, so he'd be like, oh, this month it's me and we're, I'm going to take them all to... Oh, please, can we do that? Go, yeah, so... You're busy, I'll have to turn up to set. Hi, Chris, just bought the origami. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I've made the Eiffel Tower. <laughs> That's not the Eiffel Tower. We're going, <laughs> we're going for another take. Oh. Yeah. Give us the news this week. It's Go on. A nice idea. Tell us what's happened. Oh, well, I had a show commissioned, which is very good news. I said to you at the time, but I'll say it again, very proud of you because you Thanks. stopped one job mm-hmm. with if, some risk involved. If my commercial agent's listening, I haven't quite stopped it. Oh, right. I saw, <laughs> I saw one of your old agents in the gym, by the way. He does yoga. Oh, did you talk to him? We didn't really recognize me, but I think this Tash, people don't. Oh, really? Yeah. Big gay gym, that. Apparently, like, it goes down in there. <laughs> That's Will dropping a pencil. I can't even look at someone's willy in a gym. Mm-hmm. I feel so... <laughs> well, also, I just feel like... I just feel like it's a bit inappropriate. <laughs> Literally, if someone approached me in the gym, I think I would run out. Mm. Just be like, oh, oh okay, got to go, bye. Me too, I'm like that. But so, some people just are down for it. I don't want that in my gym life. I want to go in, do it. I don't want to like mix in like being aroused and all that. It's like, no, no, no. <clears throat> I know, same here, but... Cut two. <laughs> Cut two. <laughs> Excuse me, sir, you're going to have to come out of there. <laughs> How many of you are in there? Um, they've got an area which There's is... four of you in here. <laughs> in this locker. <laughs> What was our question of the week, Chris? Um, you sexy hot pot of a man. <laughs> <laughs> you can keep doing that. Our question of the week was, because this week's guests are Olympians, no less. We mm. asked, what activity would you guys represent your country in? William, what did you choose? Dry stone walling. Mm-hmm. But I, was, I haven't learned it yet, but I'm confident. What would you do? <laughs> if I had to represent my country, it would be finding a bargain at an antiques fair. You'd yeah. be so good at that. I dropped the pen. They call me the truffle pig. <laughs> but that's because you've got a funny nose. Yes. <laughs> um, oh, someone's written Kez B, spotting bargains. I have an eye for it. Mm, I smell a competition. Kez, backup sister. <laughs> me, me, me says, spoiling dogs. What's the most you've ever spoiled one of your dogs? Okay, I'm just going to be honest. Sometimes I give, I give them smoked salmon. <laughs> Why? Because I just think they'd like it. It's so yummy. Um... We've got someone here that said, I have represented the UK at the first LGBT international powerlifting tournament last year. Oh, amazing. Go for it, Paul. Paul Madden. Steps, dance routines. Gold medal, please. Are there any dance routines you know off by heart? I, know, I knew the Wigfield one. I do know the Wigfield one. Saturday night and the He's dance. doing it. Yeah. On, keep going, keep <laughs> going. I, I need dance, to jump monkey, dance. <laughs> <laughs> I need to jump and turn around and I'm sitting down. I don't know any... I, at school, we did a fashion show and we did a dance routine to Bugaboo. Oh, that's, and that's, that's a quick song. I was so bad at dancing even then. <laughs> 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 oh, yeah. Oh, my God. 
dun, dun. consuming pots of hummus with my bare hands. I can do it in record speed. It's a gift and a hindrance. <laughs> That's really funny. Ellen Pope. Do you know what, Ellen, you and my husband William have a lot in common. Niall Hayden says sleeping would be his Olympic sport. Hmm? I weirdly was reading, actually, um, an interview with Ollie Alexander of Years and Years, and he spoke about having sleep paralysis a lot oh. as a kid. And I've had that loads. Have you have ever you? had that? Have you? Yeah. That's not good. I know. What oh, happens when you have it? The worst one I ever had is when I got your body locks. So sleep paralysis is when you wake up. Your body locks itself while you're asleep so that you don't roll over and get hurt. And you're not supposed to wake up during that time, but sometimes you do. I woke up and we were staying at someone else's house, some friend's house. And I looked around the room... And I thought I was awake. And the entire room, including the bed, was made of bones. What? And all I could hear was screaming. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God. But I haven't had it as badly as that since. But I have had where you wake up and you're locked and you can't move and it's horrendous. And then what do you do now? Are you conscious enough to go, <clears throat> okay, I'm, no, I'm in sleep paralysis. Don't panic. This will take about a minute or two. Because you, ca- yeah. I presume you can't move in the panic to n- nudge your husband and go, please wake me up. Do you just instinctively are trying to get out of it? Because you're half asleep, so you're like, oh, you're quite groggy. You know what How I mean? How long does it last for? It feels like it lasted two minutes, but it probably lasts for 15 seconds. But it's all to do with sleep. If I haven't been sleeping properly, I get it. So if I drink alcohol... I had a beer last night and I did not sleep well. Yeah, have you ever done... Um... AA? <laughs> sleep Cycle, the app. No, but I would... Very cool. But it shows you literally the a, a night's sleep after drinking and not. that It is like literally night and day, the difference of the graph. You just don't go into deep sleep if you've been drinking. But I'm wondering the bone thing. Maybe there was like spirits and things. In that house. Do you believe in ghosts? Kind of. I was in France once and the room went really fizzy and I woke up and was like, mm, this doesn't feel good. It was an old monastery, so... Hmm. And then... There was an old monk in bed next to you. <laughs> a cat. Zoot <laughs> Keep your hands to yourself, brother. <laughs> Five Hail Marys for you. <laughs> Should we go into the interview? Yeah. So these people I really, really like. They came round to the house. I was a little bit late, if I remember. Kate and Helen Richardson Walsh. I was a bit giddy being so near to Olympians. As was I. Yeah, but you didn't have to dress as a hockey player, Chris. I thought that was too much. Purple's my colour. They're wonderful. Please enjoy our interview. But Chris is particularly good considering he was wearing a goalkeeper's helmet. (laughs) I made you a fruit tea. Question mark as to whether you'll drink it. That's exactly what I want. Really? It's on on the side. This is symbiosis. You see? How long have you known each other then? How long? Uh, we have known each other for, I don't know, seven, eight years, maybe ten. Oh, how's that? You were friends or yeah. roommates more? We knew each other since we were 16. Yeah. 15, 16. Got it. We didn't get together till 2008. So when I was 28, you were 26, 27? Yeah. Okay, so when was the moment? Mm. When you thought, yes, mm. I'm going for it. Was there a going for it moment or did it start becoming clear? I'd just broken up from my fiancé, Brett, and was going through that whole... I just realised that, oh my God, you know you had that like, what the hell am I doing? 
this isn't right for me, I'm not in a, in a good place personally, mentally, everything, and it was awful. And you'd just come out of a relationship a bit, bit before me. I think we kind of helped each other like through that. When was the moment, really? <laughs> <laughs> Shit, he wants a moment, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I have to describe, but like, because sometimes I think, what if I go for it and the person doesn't know? Yeah. I think there do you was. Know what I mean? Yeah. Were you not worried that, like. Yeah, there was. I do you remember you, you saying. You might lunge and yeah. the other person denies. We're both lungers. <laughs> I lunged at my husband three times the night I met him. <laughs> and we call him. Is it Doubting Peter? The guy who, who denied Jesus three <laughs> Doubting times? Thomas. Doubting Thomas. Thomas. He denied Jesus three times because he, William, I'd lunged at him three times and all three times he did this, like turned his head away as I went in for no. a kiss. Yeah, I was really drunk. You got there? I got there. Perseverance. Oh. I know. I feel, if we're talking about moments, mm. I feel like I fell in love with him at first sight, which I'm aware psychotherapist would say is to do with my something issues rather than actual love. Is Will your psychotherapist? <laughs> and vice versa. I feel like you're slightly secret stars, you two, because oh. you didn't come out on YouTube, you didn't do all that, and lots of people, it doesn't matter how people come out, yeah. you know, I came out in the news of the world. Um, <laughs> originally drunk in a pub in South Kensington, I think, um, <laughs> but no one covered that. Um, <laughs> And that's why I think you're slightly like more, more secret. Do you feel a responsibility? Because there are, you know, quite strong titles that can be, but the first married couple to win a gold ever, gay couples. Well, I think the first time we really noticed it was when we got married and we changed our name, we double-barreled our names. Mm. And that caused a bit of a fraud because people were like, have you done it to make a statement? And it's like, <laughs> um, it's no. Yeah. <laughs> She's stubborn, I'm stubborn, you're Richard and I'm Walsh, we just put them together. And, you know, nobody would have asked Jess Ennis Hill, you know, mm. why are you double barreling? You're making a statement, Jess. No, she's not. She's like what every millions of people do, double barrel. So people commented, <coughs> excuse me, I'm getting emotional. Um, people, com <laughs> people commented on, on the double barreled name as in, are you making a statement? Yeah. Yeah. We do get asked all the time. Oh, what's it like playing with your sister? <laughs> a lot, even though we look nothing like I have a moon head, really? has a pea head. But it is great in some respects, because then we just go, oh no, we're, we're, she's not, we're, we're married. And then you get that, oh. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. And you get that, that moment of, oh. oh, okay. And then it's fine. Oh, and then it's sort of great, 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 yeah. <laughs> great. I've got great. a friend who's got a sister who's Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Have you, uh, I, I did. I did read in, in an article that you were saying about house hunting, and that that people might say yes. who's sleeping in what room, oh, yeah. or and then people will overcompensate. <laughs> you have to keep on coming out as a yeah. gay person. You don't as a straight person, mm -hmm. and that's kind of like some days I find that quite tiring. Yeah, and I think if we we're honest to begin with, we wouldn't always do it. No. Mm. And you just kind of just let them think what they, they're yeah. thinking. Mm. <laughs> yeah. There was a lady who insinuated that we were sisters and we kind of just let it go because we just couldn't bothered. You should have kissed in front of her. That would <laughs> Watch this. That would really have <laughs> put the cat amongst the pigeons. We should have done that on BBC. Why didn't we do that? <laughs> William, my husband, and I have it when we go to a hotel and we've booked a double room and then people oh. go... You know that it's not two single beds. There's always like a queue of people behind you. And it shouldn't... I try to always ad nauseum say because I feel like 
someone said that thing, your silence will not protect you. And mm. I really think that like the more that person hears it, the more that they will think in future, mm. even though it's like, it is sometimes unnecessary, but I just can't, I don't feel comfortable with it. Well, sometimes, I mean, like being a cab and someone will go, have you got a wife yet, kids? Mm. Yeah. Like, no, no, sometimes I say yes. <laughs> yes, yes, kids are doing great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I stay. I'm a stay-at-home dad. The wife's off traveling the world. It's like have play around with it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yes. Do you feel a responsibility? Do you feel ambassadors? I definitely do feel like we've got a, a role. We've been given a yeah. We have a bit mm. of a platform because we've won a gold medal with our teammates, and therefore, and this is part of who we are. And I think also being part of the team was just part of that was being comfortable in your own skin and wanting mm. everybody to feel comfortable with who they are. Mm. So at the Rio Olympic Games we went and did a, quite a lot of interviews together and you know kind of expecting it to be about hockey and maybe a little bit about us but it was mainly about us which mm. only made us feel uncomfortable in the sense that you know it, it's a team yes. thing and, and so but in terms of well Gabby Logan can be very <laughs> can I ask you about coming out and the reason I'm asking you is there's so many people that listen and I think they would genuinely be interested what your two experiences were like. You you came out 21, did you? Around that, yeah. Well, we're quite yeah. different experiences. So I was early teens and started to think that I was gay. It was like a, oh no, I think I might be gay. <laughs> like that mm. kind of yes. feeling that I didn't want to be. Dread. Yeah, that dread. Mm. Um, I didn't really do anything about it. I just you know, absorbed myself in the world that I, you know, sport and, and then it wasn't until I started seeing somebody that I then came out telling my mum was the hardest thing. How did you manage that? Just went home one time and decided to do it and just blurted it out. I think she was probably a bit upset. I think one of the first things she said actually was, oh, I really wanted you to have children, um, which is, which is, I think, a strange thing in a way. Yes. Well, it's not. It is and it isn't. Yeah. Um, you can understand it, but it is also strange because obviously you can can do all that anyway. But also, mm. we've spoken about having children, and I think it's something that's assumed that people want to do as well, and yes. it's expected, and particularly for for women. For women. Um, and if you if you're a woman and you don't want a child, like it's, what's wrong with you? <laughs> yeah, and people seem to just say it to you over the dinner table in front of ten people. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, so what? And it's it's so yeah. odd. That and it, yeah, the, the way is you you grow up, you get married, you have children, and it's like mm. I think I think a lot of people don't actually think whether they want children before having children. Oh my mm. god, I reckon there you're talking ninety five percent of it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, phrases that come out of parents' mouths when people come out it's hilarious, and it wasn't quite this. But when I told my dad I wanted to have children, he said, "Oh, what? Like Elton John and David Furnish?" And I was like. <laughs> no, like people. <laughs> like, why does that, you know, it's just so... And he was really like, he just thought, his generation, they just didn't have children, you know. People do say funny. I mean, oh, yes. I, I always say when people come out that the reaction is often initially doesn't matter how good the, the parent is, doesn't matter. I mean, the first thing my mum said was you're gonna be beaten up. I was like, it's not the most useful thing to hear right now. Mm. You know, the first, most of the time, the first person they think about are themselves. Mm. And it's, it's it, I can understand it because it's, it's I think of dealing with 
Mm-hmm. You know, and then my mum well. was very upset because I, she thought how upset I must have been over all the years. Mm-hmm. Same with my dad. They did react from themselves first. Mm. <laughs> that's, what, that's how it was for me anyway. How was it for you? Different- so I was much later to the party. Um, I grew up around hockey. My mum played hockey and all of these just amazing women who were different in every way. And I grew up just thinking it was completely normal to be if you were with a man or a woman or one week a man next week. For me, it was just totally normal. And I was just mindlessly in this kind of socially acceptable groove. And I was, I never gave myself any time to actually go, you know, what, what do I want? Who am I? What is this right for me? And I think when I had that kind of moment where in 2008 where I was like stop like this is this is not me this is not who I want to be this is great for some people but it's just not what I want in my life and my mum was amazing I remember ringing her and she was just she cried and I think exactly what you were saying I think you know there, there was that moment of you know god you've you've been going through this and I haven't had a clue mm. But then she was immediately like, I love you no matter what. I want you to be happy. And both her and my dad were amazing. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. The late bloomers tend to have more curiosity. They tend to have more resilience. There are stories and mythology that this country has woven around black men. What if everything we've been taught is just all wrong? What's worth more than this fear right now? And that rising after failure is part of the glory of being a human being. Listen to deeply personal, insightful, and thought-provoking stories from the world's leading thinkers and doers. Listen and subscribe to The Unmistakable Creative wherever you get your podcasts. Then I remember they met me in a pub in between where they both lived and sat me down and just said, we love you, and which... We'd never had conversations like that before. We're just, you know, loving family, but never having that kind of honest, yeah. deep conversation. I just remember sitting there in this pub like, what the hell? I'm, I'm 28. And I'm like, yeah, but they like, we love Please you. Please tell me it was a harvester. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I, I love you, but I have to go back for the, for the sweet corn. Yeah, yeah the salad part. <laughs> it was a Toby Carvery. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going back for the wings. Yeah. Um, just listening to what you're saying about growing up, it was quite, it was quite fluid, sorry, was it? In, my, in the team that my mum played with. Right. So in my mum's team, yes, I'd say, no, I think probably the women in that team, they would identify either as heterosexual, as lesbian or as bisexual. Mm. Uh, and I think, but so for me, I kind of was just like, people. So you didn't have any kind of prejudices about who, who, and why, what, how? And no. Because I, I just feel like it's sometimes a, I think the an requirement to nail everyone down on what they are. But was that the case with you and Brett, that you were like, I'm with a guy now, but I might be with a woman in the future? Or was there more of a coming out element to that? More like, a, I don't this sounds really... But like an, <laughs> an awakening. It kind of felt like I'd woken up. Right. Like I'd been asleep. It mm. kind of felt like I'd just been 
in this fog, just going on in life. Going through the motions. Going through thought, the motions, And you yeah. thought you were in love with him, but yeah, you hadn't really yeah. ever truly experienced... Yes. Yeah, okay. yeah. And did was he all right with that? Are you mates and stuff? And um, It's hard. He's in the hockey, so he also played in the national team. Mm. I think it was really hard for him. I think... I think that happens a lot. I think if if there's been a woman with a in a heterosexual relationship and the woman leaves that guy mm. for another woman, there's kind of that there's you know there's very mm. derogatory connotations and things said to that guy like oh you know you, I don't know I don't even want to go there you know what I mean mm. well yeah I had a girlfriend yeah. that I had when I wrote to me after I came out and said it was shit how what people said after you I mean this is and we were young and it wasn't like a high profile thing like with you two and blah 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 like yeah there's a lot of shame attached to that but I think that's partly maybe because like why do we have to nail it down as to who and what you are for yeah. the whole time it's so all the heartache around what you just described there yeah if you were if one was in love at that time with that person in love at the other time and I, I wonder like I don't actually think this is true but I wonder if we sometimes as gay people do a disservice by coming out you know like yeah. it's like maybe you should just go I am this today yeah which I think was kind of what well so I think in our terms of our relationship I think that's kind of what happened yeah. How has it been being together and being in a team? Was it kind of plain sailing and you just kind of, or did you have to have constantly have a dialogue about it? and? Not constantly, no, but at the start. Initially, yeah. I think, was it, we were at the Beijing Olympics and that's when it kind of all came out publicly, didn't it? It wasn't until the end that we'd literally finished and, you know, we were playing in the team with people we'd known since we were 15. And one of the girls came in at the end and said, she literally just stormed in the room. She's like, are you two together? We're like, yeah, okay. Just walked straight back out again. It's like the best thing she could have done because it was like, okay, great. Now it's out there, you know. And Is it easy to be out and gay within the sporting world as a woman? I think easier. Mm. I think it's just that traditional kind of, well, certainly like I think growing up in like the 80s, if you play sport, you're almost having to prove that you're not a lesbian. It was kind of, I feel like, yes. it, you know, we grew up and it was kind of that <laughs> yes. way around. Yeah, so, um, you know, we, we as in, women, in women's hockey, we grew up on teams where women were openly gay and it was not an issue mm. and probably wasn't spoken about as openly and, not, you know, and honestly, was it, when we no. were younger. But then as we got older and society started to change as well and we got, you know, it's more acceptable, then I think... Mm. We just shared, everybody just shared everything in the team, literally too much. But yeah. I love it. I love it. Share it all, that's what I say. Yeah. Get um, out. In a safe space. Um, it'll be on my tombstone. Um, it's funny, a friend of mine, his mum works quite high up in the tennis world. And I'm always amazed. And actually, slightly, I get slightly irate. I'm not sure why. Because I think there must be so many gay men... And women. Mm. In fact, it seems like it's more acceptable for women to be out in sport than it is for men. Yes. Mm. But is Agreed. that? Do you think that's? I think it's those traditional, th- you know, it's those stereotypes. Yeah, of like if you're, you know, if you're a man and you play sport, you're strong and you're manly, and and then that's what. It, and then to be gay is to be a different stereotype, and and those two things don't fit together. It's those just, just so. I hate, we hate it, don't we? We hate that. We hate traditional gender stereotyping, mm, pigeonholing. Mm. Or so actually, there's a thing. Do, does it feel invalidating? So like, for example, I like to wear dresses. I don't wear dresses because I'm a gay man. Mm. I just like to wear dresses. 
you know, I like to wear skirts. Yeah. And, and I could get annoyed that people would, I can't do anything about it, because people would think what they like. But people will stand there and go, oh, he's wearing a dress because he's gay. Yeah. I'm like, mm. I'm wearing a dress because I'm gay. Did you, do you have any of that with being a sports person? Just in terms of how you're viewed, and I think what pigeonhole, exactly what you're saying, what, so oh, she's I'm, a hockey player and she's gay. So like I cut my hair, I change my hair all the time. I've had every colour under the sun, it's had been long, short, everything. And I went really short and it was like shaved in at the back and quite short on top. And I remember one of the pictures, we went to a tournament in Argentina and I think we'd just scored or I'd just scored. And I was like really like pumped up and I was kind of angry face and all my muscles were and I had this short hair. And I, was, I remember seeing a picture afterwards and I was like, hmm. And that, you know, and then I hated myself for it because I was like, just because you've got short hair and you're muscly, who gives a shit? Like, it's got mm. nothing to do with your sexuality or the fact you've been, that's just Kate. Mm. Who cares? And, but then I was annoyed at myself for having that bloody thought. I had, I had that in the car. I got called, a bus driver said, you drive like a puff. And for a second, I didn't realise it till about 10 minutes after, mm. more than a second, but there was a thought that went, oh, well, you're obviously identifiable as gay. And then I was annoyed that I thought that. Yeah. What is that? I don't know what that is. Yeah, I know you're right. So you didn't like that you looked kind of like a classic lesbian in that photo? Yeah. Like, there's two things going on. There's like about being gay in sport, which feels like one issue, but then there's also being a woman in sport. Because you tweeted that thing about... Um, what did it say again? So it was an article in The Guardian and it was talking about a report by Leeds Beckett University that was saying that they'd done research to show that basically if you're a sportswoman, to be successful or to be recognised on TV or in media, you kind of had to be palatable. So you had to be kind of girl next door, smiley, you know, what was it, non-aggressive, kind of approachable, non-threatening, that's it, yeah, non-threatening. You kind of had to fit that stereotype to, to be able to to get any kind of recognition as a female athlete. And it was just like, can we just not put people in pigeonholes and just show the breadth of identities and range of people and the different and the diversity? Because a sportswoman looks like all sorts. Mm. So let's show all sorts. Mm. Was it in reaction to... BBC Sports personality. Yeah. Yes. Jessica Ennis-Hill saying that she is that yes. type of person. Yeah. And would you say that that article was probably just pointless? Like, why write it? Or that is a fact. Unfortunately, that is that is the fact of the newspapers of TV coverage. But we we know the facts. We need solutions, and we need people to to change and to start changing. Mm. But it's not just in sport. I no, think there's a general like, yeah, yeah, yeah. sense that women need to smile. Present they can't. The, yeah. yeah. And, yes. Uh, so it's. You know, women should be friendly and and smile and be happy and yeah. nurturing and, and all those things. And, and if you don't fit that, it's so and then the men the men have the opposite of, of those things. Do you think sport will improve? Because I feel like it's such an area that's like I actually I don't get, I can't get my head around it. Why is it not more open? Like, is it sponsors? Is it? I think it certainly definitely was. We watched. Um, what was it Battle of the Sexes oh the other day? With, you know, um, Billie Jean King mm. yeah. when she played against Bobby Riggs. Bobby Riggs in a male versus female tennis match. And so Billie Jean King is gay, but she was married to a man at the time. And she, they were in the film, and obviously in her life, it kind of 
um, that whole thing of should she come out and be who she is because there's sponsors and they don't get much money as it is and you kind of potentially going to lose all that. Mm. Um, but I do think it's changing because I think now you could potentially make more money well, from being the the other thing. Mm. And um, yeah, who would want, <laughs> who is a sponsor would want to suddenly? Yeah. Well, I just I, I I feel like it's like okay, I feel like it's this. There's I feel like there's a few people that are out in different sports, mm-hmm. and then underneath that, I feel there's like this world where probably like like in entertainment. Yeah. People know of more people who are mm. gay, straight, bisexual than, than the wider public know. Yeah. Yeah. And I just wish someone would just go in and go, Poof. I know it's not up to anyone, yeah. but the difference it would make would just be yeah, like so, mean. it would make such a huge difference, but I do respect anyone's choice. Yeah. Yeah. I have to. How do you get your, how do you get, how do you earn a living? So we get funded through the lottery. And, and is so that we get given a grant like a, a, a salary? Is it salary or sort of? It is a, it is a monthly yeah yeah thing thing. Yeah. Um, but it's not classed as a, a salary. We're not employed. We don't get given a pension. We don't have really? any employers' rights or no. Pension. no no. Even though you've dedicated all those years to pensionable pay in time. Yeah, not nothing. Like that. Nine oh. million people, or even over nine million, watched the final. Imagine if you. Who's getting the money for the advert breaks? <laughs> or was it on BBC? They're probably on both, actually. Or was it BBC? Yeah, we'll do it BBC. Yeah, BBC yeah. kicked the 10 o'clock news off, didn't we? Ah. Can I, can I, I know you've said it so many times. Can you just take us through yeah. that? I mean, don't go blow by blow through the whole match. <laughs> but <laughs> so really changing me. <laughs> Coming back after the break. <laughs> Find out. <laughs> What coloured socks they put on? <laughs> what their left sock was? So it was two weeks. We played eight games in 14 days. And the first game was against Australia and they were likely to win a medal, weren't they? And it was a massive game. And we won that tight game 2-1. And then it kind of, I remember going to sleep that night and we were in our little room and I remember we just looked at each other and we were like, good, that's a good start. But how nice to have a night, a really great match and to be able to get into bed and talk to your other half about it because it's oh, yeah. in, traditionally in sport, there's not, I mean, no couples, right? So you can have a, I mean, that's an amazing thing to share. Yeah, it was, it is really special. And it was that, that moments like that in particular. Yeah. And I think, you know, like when you, Helen was injured in the semi-final and there was a chance you might not play in the final. Mm. But actually pulled your hamstring, actually tore your hamstring. And I remember like, those two nights after the after semi-final and the next night, I, that was nice to, to have to be together because it was such a hard, it was quite difficult, mm. 48 hours, yeah. but you, it was nice to be there. It was the most surreal two weeks. Yeah, I it was. Think, it was it? We, 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 mad, yeah. We were just so in the moment. We weren't thinking ahead. We weren't thinking back to you know, what we'd already done each game. It was literally just so in the moment, mm. just thinking about the next game, next game, next game. You know, it was just... The best version of Groundhog Day ever. Is it like the, the best version of practising mindfulness as well? Oh, yeah, it was so real you mindfulness. You were just in the present. Yeah. yeah. And, mm. and when you got to the final, you're feeling... Let's take it minute by minute. Are you all yeah, like, yeah. Like, moment by moment, because the Dutch were massive favourites. They were going for the third gold in a row. It was quite funny coming back because obviously we've not watched, well, we've not watched the game back, but we felt mindful. We, we felt really in control and just completely in the moment. 
during the game. So we never felt we were really under pressure, but compared people were like, how did you win that game? Like, you were so under pressure, like, oh God, you know. But that, I mean, I do think that is incredible when I watch sport, because as a, as a viewer, um, it's like, I immediately put myself in that position. Mm. I'm like, well, what would I be doing now? I mean, I'd be feeling the pressure, but then you don't want to think about the pressure. But now I'm thinking about it because I'm not meant to think about it. And I guess, is it body memory, a lot of it? You just like, right, center, almost ignore the mind and just... Yeah, I guess, so we were very good at concentrating on tactics Mm. and, and yeah, staying on task, like the, the next three second type thing. You feel like you're in your element then oh definitely really? yeah everything else goes away and yeah for me for me the hockey pitch was my safe place mm. that's when i felt my me like me yeah. yeah it makes me think of like a true authentic self mm-hmm. you know and everyone has that kind of it's almost like bright shining golden yeah. rah, you know here i am mm. yeah i feel really fortunate that i have a job that has allowed me to really know what it's like to be in the moment and really feel my true self. Mm. And so I can reference that when I go to those things, a concert, and I'm like, hang on, you can actually be in the moment. You've done it on yeah. stage or you've done it you know, in a studio or whatever. I feel very lucky to be able to have experienced that yeah. and still able to experience that. I think doing what you do is the most vulnerable thing in the world. I think just being up there Honestly, I'm just the turn. (laughs) I literally have a couple of cigarettes and then on I pop, onto stage. (laughs) Is that what you feel, really? It actually feels not dissimilar to sport. And and like pop, when I heard you talking about two week bubble, pop idol was like that for me. Right. It was just like a bubble. Yeah. Every week, every week, madness around, complete silence on the stage. Mm. It was like that was the bit that's really silent. Ah. The rest is like all madness. Yeah. Mm. Mm. And it's the same on stage in a concert. And it's like, I mean, I always think of penalties in hockey. My God. One, I would never, I was a goalie once in hockey. And I'm not joking. I ran out of that goal. Yeah, that's the worst. Who wants that? I don't care if I've got a helmet and all those pads on. That ball is tiny and really hard. Very hard. And people that play hockey are vicious. Um, (laughs) This is true. But I always think it's like, you've got one moment with a shot, with a pass, with anything, with a tackle. And it's the same as singing. It's like, you've got to have the balls just to like, go for that note. Yeah. My mind's going all sorts of different crap the whole time. Normally like, you're going to sing in Butlins, you're going to sing in Butlins. And I embrace that. Um, but I always feel that's like, there's a sport analogy in there. And it's just like, you just got to go for it. Practice it enough times mm. and go for it. I don't know how he directs. I honestly yeah. couldn't do that. Everyone looking at me wanting direction, I much prefer being told what to do. Yeah. So it's kind of like yeah. everyone has their place, yeah. I think. Yeah. We call them super strengths. So everybody has that thing that only that you can do and you bring to the team. And that is at your core. Like that's your self-confidence, self-esteem, that's your inner steel. That's, if you always have that, you have all that going on, mm. but it's in there. That was Kate and Helen Richardson-Walsh. Please let us know what you think, as ever, of that interview. I really enjoyed their company. I'd quite like to be their friend. I think they were down for being our friend. 
I think so as well. Should we have a big Homo sapiens Christmas party? I'm aware it's only April. And I'll wear my hockey outfit. Yes, yes, yes. I, I, I nice. was a goalie, actually. I think it's why I keep on projecting it onto you. Were you? I hated it. Why? I just used to step out of the way. Oh, just, I know. I just, it was like, don't, what, why are we doing this? But I had that with football. When I first played football, I was like, if you want the ball, you can fucking have it. <laughs> I do not understand this game. Yeah, it's kind of like, why put me in this position? Um, no. <laughs> can I tell you what? I've been uh, watching and so happy it's come back. RuPaul's Drag Race. Series 10, yes, right? Yes, because there was a guy who's, there were two different stories. There was one person whose parents embraced him as gay. And there's another person whose parents, they're both very religious. Both people had very religious parents. And the other person, his parents put him to gay aversion therapy. And they thought he was taken over by a gay spirit, evil spirit. He wasn't in a monastery in France, was he? (laughs) (laughs) No. And he was really, oh, it was just really sad Mm. listening to it. And um, that's why I like the programme, because I think it's really fun. I think they're really talented and I love seeing what they do is like performers and um, how they make their outfits or whatever, mm, how they interpret different things. And it's funny, blah, 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 moving. And then I think RuPaul's someone that's really sorted. If you're listening, Ru, love to have you on the podcast. Please do. We'll pay for your flights. Mm. <coughs> Economy. But I, I think also he's like, he's very appropriate. He doesn't sort of pander or go into like, if someone has a bit of a breakdown on the, or opens up on the runway. Yeah, he is also very empathetic. Mm. And some of the people's stories are pretty frigging horrific. Mm, it's very true. I was thinking, because I've been watching it as well, what is it about sort of a cartoon version of femininity that allows people to feel free? It sort of seems to have to be a man doing that, but why can't it be a woman doing that? That yeah, all. and a gay man. Mm. Like, are there any straight drag queens? Why don't they have a straight drag queen on Maybe they uh, do. RuPaul's Drag Race? I've never come across one on there. Mm. And, and it's lovely because as a gay man, I like, can relate to it. But also, I think I completely relate to a straight man. I wonder if it's just like they give themselves a safe space to be as flamboyant as possible. Because like, masculinity says you're not allowed to be. I think very possibly. I mean, like... I can only relate to that mm. by even the fact I've got a moustache, mm. which is a handlebar moustache and an earring for a part. Mm-hmm. I do feel a little bit different when I walk around. What do you feel like? I feel mysterious, uh-huh. European, oh. um, very kind of masculine, slightly um, over-sexual because it's like the 80s. And, yes, totally. You know, I can relate I, and, and, to that. And quite sort of like blokey looking, but kind of like, I mean, like well, people that look like... Spanners, <laughs> people that look like me in those times, maybe even still now, I don't know, they can do, this is me stereotyping, but they're quite sexually avert, I think. Is it to do with just because that's what 70s porn looks like? I think it might be. Or is it the other way around? Is that why people in 70s porn had handlebar moustaches? There's something sexually aggressive about it. Yeah, very sexually aggressive. If If someone sort of came on to me those are the days and they had a moustache this never happened but I'd be like whoa this is going to happen right here right now yeah I'd be a bit scared so I quite like it having said that it is also not changing who I am inside so it's a little bit of a facade well it's interesting it's sort of a bit like when so when I used to go away on holiday when I was younger if I went to New York for example I would feel like a different person and I would Mm. I could pull much easier and I just I just found things easier because I just had less of an identity or what, I don't know what it was, but it sort of feels like the same thing. You've got a moustache, you're kind of a different, you, you're you, but a different you for the day. Yeah, I think it is. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with that. 
we are the sum of many different parts. Yeah. And Do you know what I mean? And you've got a spanner for each one of them. <laughs> I've got a tiny little wrench. <laughs> tiny, tiny little wrench. Oh, I had a brilliant idea. Go on. Found a castle in Scotland. This is my wormhole of the week. I know this isn't a thing, but found a car- castle in Scotland uh, for very, very cheap. I mean, we're talking like... For a castle. Well, 250 grand. Derelict. I'm thinking wedding venue, and then I'm also the wedding singer. So you book the wedding venue, and the wedding singer is there in place, ready to go. That's a brilliant idea. It's a great idea. What would be your go-to tunes? David Bowie. Let's dance. <laughs> so you do the meeting beforehand. They talk to you. We're like, we really love um, this song by. Um, and you're like, yeah, absolutely, we'll do it. And then yeah. on the night, you just always do. just do Let's Dance. Yeah, I do the same wedding set. <laughs> Get <Yeah>. it! <laughs> um, a really, like, aggressive funk <laughs> set. Tom Jones. <clears throat> you don't have to be rich <laughs> to be my girl. This isn't Adele. <laughs> You've ruined my day. Never mind, I've <laughs> Hit me. Um, <laughs> yeah, always do like the first few bars like that, <laughs> so that they feel like they're getting what they want. Oh, it's happening. It's happening. No, I won't be afraid. Ow, can't help myself. <laughs> Je- go full James Brown. Ow. <laughs> you pull off like a Velcro outfit. Yes. Have you seen Strictly Ballroom? <laughs> no, but I'm a coming. Please get in touch with us. Hello at homosapienspodcast.com. We love getting your emails. We read every single one. Mm. If you want to reach us on Twitter, it's at Will Young with the hashtag homosapiens. We will read out everything and have more to say on Homo Sapiens Extra. And that goes out on a Tuesday. Before mm. we leave you with our end of episode theme tune, all that's left to say is... We'd just like to thank the Academy. Just imagine if we won an Oscar. <laughs> I'd sell it. <laughs> That's said everything. Nobody has done an Oscar speech where they've gone straight out to the podium and said, this thing's going straight on eBay. Apparently they're priceless. You can't insure them. So I think you have to sign something saying you won't sell it, don't you? Oh, come on. Brits didn't do that, did they? They're lost. They're going on eBay this week. Are they? Yeah, but I need your help because I don't know how to do it. I charge a commission. So um, all that's left to say is, I think I know what end of theme tune it should be. Um, I feel homo. I knew that, that I would, would now. I'm homo. Knew that I would now. Homo. Homo. I got a you. Homo. Homo. I bet Fern Gordon doesn't have that on her podcast. <laughs> 